like, oh God, why he go so hard? Look what he's been through, he deserves an applause. So amazing, so amazing, so amazing, it's amazing, so amazing, so amazing, so amazing, it's amazing. Good morning, and welcome to episode 762 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, presented by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com. I'm Ben Lindbergh of ESPN, joined by Sam Miller of Baseball Prospectus. Hello, Sam. Hello, Ben. All right, so it's episode 762. We are doing a themed episode. This will not be news to anyone who is in our Facebook group where Alex Hume asked me, can episode 762 be Barry Bonds themed? And the answer is yes, it can, and it is. And another commenter, Andrew, actually guessed that we would have as our guest the two fine fellows who run the Cespedes Family Barbacast and the Cespedes Family Barbecue, and they are Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman. Hi, guys. Hi, Ben. Hello, Ben. Should we, should we discern whom is whom? Yeah, I guess we should, probably. The yeah, loud I... one. The loud one is Jake, both in person and on this podcast. Yes, uh, th- th- that's probably a better way to describe me than anything else. <laughs> and the quieter one is Jordan. And yes. a commenter responded to the comment about whether we would have the Cespedes boys on this podcast by saying, "Please put it in the description. If they are, I can safely delete it." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you may delete this podcast. Feel free. Nice. But you'll miss out on you some, know, some good conversation. Can I tell you guys something? I I really I recently discovered I think the secret to happiness in life is to hang out with people who are really good at their jobs and yet for some reason some people hate them. Like <laughs> ju- it's a good reminder to be around people who you have just tremendous respect for, but then also sometimes people say bad. Like nobody ever says anything bad about Ben. So there's no you get no benefit there. And nobody right. like I don't get any benefit from hanging out with Ben because I just see a guy who's super good, better than me at everything, and everybody loves him for it. But like, if you hung out with Joe Buck, for instance, who's also really good, and all you see is people hating him, you'd be like, oh yeah, okay, the world is totally irrelevant. <laughs> right, like the, the 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 mountain peak or the, the the top of the mountain is not great. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there was a study in the Pacific Standard magazine recently that looked at the most unbreakable sports records and Barry Bonds was on top of the list but not for his 762 career home runs but for his 688 intentional walks so really we should have done this in episode 688 yeah I was expecting it then it was (laughs) weird 688 may be the only I mean it is that that I remember that number more than most baseball numbers but that's probably just me but my, I, it is just as significant for me my uh i think i've mentioned this maybe too publicly before but my uh my bike lock combination is 1422 for his ops in 2014 uh 2004 i should say i'm just gonna so, go around the this the bay area just trying to <laughs> unlock bike locks uh-huh yeah the, the 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 trick though is that i always forget my bike lock and never use it anyway. Like I always end up just doing that thing where like I I stand there for long enough at the bike lock, at the bike rack that it looks like I'm locking something. Like I'll wrap my, like I'll string my helmet through the thing so it looks like I locked it in case anybody's watching. And then I just have faith. Like, I mean, I live in an, a very like affluent area of California and I just have faith that like no one wants my bike. You don't you... wonder, like, oh, did I pick the 2001 OPS, or <laughs> <laughs> you, you try all the, the 93, I mean, you, 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 you usually figure it out, or you just don't even bother anymore. And now you have this podcast to go back and listen to the next time you forget what your bike lock is. Yeah, but which, yeah, which episode was it? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta remember how many home runs Bonds hit to remember which episode. I'll be, I'll be listening to 688. <laughs> <laughs> So we have you guys on because you are Barry Bond scholars, and Sam is also a Barry Bond scholar. I'm more of an appreciator of Barry Bond's fun facts than a generator of them, so I'm going to serve sort of as the moderator and let you guys have the floor. But I want to ask before we start dispensing Barry Bond's facts, inevitably whenever you talk about Barry Bond's, you get the one commenter who doesn't get why it's fun because he's Barry Bonds and he cheated and it's not natural and it's legit. It's not legit. 
So why is it that we can acknowledge these things, not deny those things, and yet still love the genre of Barry Bonds facts? Jordan? Oh, boy. Uh, that's I, I, I wrote about this at the end of my, uh, my, my top 25 favorite Bonds facts. Basically for us, and we argue this all the time when it comes to just baseball stuff in general, it's, it's just in the grand scheme of things, like not that important uh, in terms of what he did. And I think looking at just the numbers he put up in the same way that we can look at the numbers that Babe Ruth put up and just kind of laugh because it doesn't look like a real thing. I think it's weird that people are so, they get so angry about it as opposed to just kind of being like, wow, that happened. Um, I was watching it and I, I wish you could just, because there's no other stat that that exists now or that any really players are putting up now that make you just completely not understand what's going on the way that looking at Bond's numbers are. And the fact that you can picture it because he did it so recently, uh, unlike the Ruth stats of the crazy Walter Johnson stats. And obviously, as Sam says, Sam, what's your cutoff for when baseball actually starts? It's 1988. Yeah, so that's when baseball starts. So the, so this this happened after 1988. Uh, so we can accept it as, as fact and as real things that happen. We have video. <laughs> you can see it as as real things. And it's... Uh, it's it's just fun. I I just don't understand why people get angry about it. Um, I think whether you agree that it's legitimate or not, it's 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 a game and it's a fun thing to see someone just dominate it to the point where it wasn't. He he basically broke it. Right. I think for me it's a little simpler than that. I think I like to live my life, and I think Jordan will agree, uh, as we do on most things. Uh, kind of a live and let live type attitude, right? And at the same time, like I watch sports and mostly baseball, uh, to be amazed by things. To uh, And I think that's why the two of us enjoy Yoannis Cespedes so much, uh, is because we are amazed by things that he does. Like, Matt Carpenter is a fantastic baseball player. He has never amazed me. Barry Bonds ama- amazes me in a way that kind of very other, very few other people or athletes can do. I will just say, I, I think that it's perfectly reasonable for people to be angry at Barry Bonds. It's reasonable to not be angry at him as well, but it's perfectly reasonable for people to be angry at Barry Bonds. Just don't be angry at, like, Jordan. Like, Jordan's just... <laughs> right. Jordan's just <laughs> right. going, look at that thing. It's crazy, that Yeah, yeah, thing. that's that's the other thing. I, uh, I don't know why, and you could keep directing it at, at, at him, I guess. <laughs> but I don't know why I should be... Um, People get mad at me for enjoying it. That's that. That is a little, a little weird. Barry Bonds debuted in 1986, which is two years before history started. So, so I don't know he if really that... has like 720 <laughs> right. home runs. Yeah, he hit 16 in his rookie season and 25 in his sophomore season. So oh, I guess we have okay. to so, strike those from the record. A little more than that. That's okay. hmm, that does change a lot. <laughs> can sure I get I can continue? Can I get mad at Jordan if he tests positive for uh, stenozolol? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. If I test positive and continue to to uh, <laughs> praise Bonds and his numbers, then by all means, bring it on. Or if you take the pill from Limitless, and that's how you come up with these Barry Bonds facts, then we can I, get mad at you. Okay. I, I believe that that is a good reference. <laughs> so, what is the wait? Wait. Wait. Oh, One okay. thing, Ben. Before we start, we should just note that this is essentially an entire Play Index episode. All, almost, <laughs> virtually all of this comes from Play Index. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, so no play index segment, but it's all it's all play index. So what is the best genre of Barry Bonds facts? Because there's so many different kinds of Barry Bonds facts. There's the batter pitcher matchups. There's comparing him to teams. <laughs> there's comparing him to other great players or clubs that he belongs to that no one else belongs to. What is the best kind of Barry Bonds fact? Well, I think before we say what's the best, I think we should take away what the worst is. Okay. Um, and I think the worst type of Barry Bonds fact is what is best about Barry Bonds, in my opinion, and that is the home runs. Uh-huh. Right? Like, you could be like, here's a good one. He had more home runs than everyone. Right? Like, <laughs> no, it's not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, it's not. There was one I had along those lines. It was like, he had more homers than Ortiz and Hank Greenberg combined. Uh-huh. Not bad, but like it's like yeah, everyone knows he had a lot of home runs. What makes it amazing, right, is all the other stuff. Right. Um, so let's take out the home run ones. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm not sure I have. Yeah, that's that is a funny thing. I don't think I have any 
home run ones on the list. The other thing is he didn't really, so he hit, he only hit more than 50 once. So I guess it was like five 40 home run seasons and then the 73 or whatever. So Right, just the fact that he has as many 50 homer seasons as Greg Vaughn and Brady Anderson. Like that's that's funny. Yeah, yeah. But right, you would think that just the more home runs than everybody else is is enough of a fun fact. But uh, yeah, we we I think to answer your question, Ben, um, the intentional walk ones are I I know I know the ones that that Sam appreciates the most. Um, I've I've definitely fallen into the looking at Vons against left-handed pitchers compared to all the best right-handed hitters against left-handed pitchers. Uh-huh. Uh So that I, have, I have a couple of those, but. Yeah, Sam, Sam, do you think the intentional walks are still... I mean, it's the, it's the obvious one, but there's just so many that you can dig into. They're the, I, don't, I, I don't know that I completely believe that they are the ones that best capture his, uh, his greatness. To me, they're the most interesting because they best capture the insanity that swept the game around him. I mean, I, don't, I think you can make a pretty good case that half or more of his intentional walks were insane like they were just stupid they were bad intentional walks uh and but like the game just like got this like collective fever for those few years where just all of baseball became irrational and i I mean i've written about how the intentional walk had been on a decline for a long time before bonds and then bonds came and single-handedly created this huge spike and then after he left just immediately decline, decline, decline further. And like nobody's gotten the bonds treatment, even though you can find examples where cleanup hitters have been so much better than their, or like like Stanton, when Stanton was batting in front of Greg Dobbs for that year, for instance, he intentionally walked like five times that year. And there, there's just something I think that most appeals to me about Barry Bonds' career is this feeling like, do you guys know about that? time when there was like a symphony somebody like debuted a new symphony in like i don't know prague or russia or something in like 1918 i'll look this up while while you guys are talking but like they debuted their symphony and the crowd actually rioted like hundreds of people like watched this great classical musician riot like they uh they rioted like they riot they freaked out they lost their mind like people were like jumping off buildings or something and that kind of is what it feels like to me and uh, so that's why I appreciate them most. Mm-hmm. I have a well, question. I just, the, it was the right okay. of spring. It was the right of spring by you know by Stravinsky, and it was when it when first performed uh, in I think Paris in 1913. The avant-garde nature of the music and choreography caused a sensation and riot in the audience because it was good. The, people just people just panicked. People like people <laughs> didn't know what to do with those sounds. Yeah, I mean, and these it's not like this was like. Yeah. I mean, these are these were symphony goers. These are like right. old people right. in tails, right. the and they rioted, people. dude. Yeah. They rioted. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And they just they just didn't know how to react. They just they were like, all right, I guess we'll just do this. And that's how I that's, kind of imagine. That's, like, that's what I imagine. Like when I imagine like uh, you know Jim Leland or some you know like old normal manager just freaking out and intentionally walking him like with nobody on base they intentionally walked him like, like they Buck Showalter did it with the bases loaded in the ninth yeah. up two yeah. you know and he's he's supposedly this genius tactician mm. right yeah. so uh, the one that I found the specific intentional walk and I I I hope I'm getting these details right um, but I found that in July of 2004. It was a 3-3 tie in the bottom of the fifth uh, with two outs and runners on first and second, and Randy Johnson intentionally walked. <laughs> so yeah. I have to go back and look at that because I'm, I'm pretty sure that was that was the situation, but I don't know what the context was and everything. I was, it was a July game, but I, I just – that's just completely ludicrous. The one question I have about the intentional walks before we get into just rattling these off, I guess, um, is why he didn't – walk intentionally more in 2001 hmm. because when i go back and look at this uh jeff his kent. walks jeff kent right well i think it's partially jeff kent but i think another part of it it might be yeah. like how you don't see a spike in ticket sales until the year after mm-hmm. well I, was, I mean yeah we've talked I, I know you guys have talked about this on effect a while before but like how some things about a player aren't exploited until the next year which seems strange because you think they could just adjust like oh well nobody's been doing this for two months we can do this now. So well, I, I I assume Jeff kind of had a big thing a, a big part of that, but it still seems weird that it wasn't more so. Like his he, walks went up as the season yeah. went on, 
Yeah. But his intentional walks weren't anything close to what he had from 0-2 to 0-4. Yeah. It, yeah, you're right. I mean, he it does seem like they were walking him. They were just still in that phase where they thought they would pitch around him. Because yeah. he, he walked. I mean, he set a career high for walks. He walked, you know, not as often, but, you know, at an insane rate, like probably a record-breaking rate. They just weren't intentional yet. And, yeah, also, I mean, yeah, also Jeff, Kent, runs, Jeff Kent didn't leave until 0-3, I don't think. I think his first year in Houston was 0-3. So he was there for 2002. So uh, he he was the yeah he he was and he was awesome. He was really super duper awesome in 2002. I think they might have switched them. Did they switch the batting order? They were he didn't always bat behind Bonds. Sometimes he batted in front of Bonds. And I'm checking Bonds Kent Bonds Kent. Yeah, Kent bat, batted in front of Bonds for a large part of 2002. Interesting. Because well, because really, you, if you think about the it, MVP. <laughs> so the, well, the thing about it, the thing that you discovered about this situation that I loved learning about baseball, kind of, and I've thought about this in various instances since. But the way that you protected Bonds was not to put a good hitter behind him. The way you protected Bonds was to get guys on base in front of him because they couldn't walk. Like if you had a leadoff man on in front of him, or even you know like a guy on first and second with one out in front of him, then they wouldn't walk him. Or if they did walk him, it was particularly damaging. Nobody was going to protect him. And so the key was then in that way, getting as many guys in front of Bonds as you could instead of in back of Bonds. I've always thought that that's kind of an interesting concept to think that, like, for instance, when everybody was talking about how Albert Pujols would make Howie Kendrick a superstar because Howie Kendrick is now going to have Pujols batting behind him. Well, if you look at it, nobody ever pitched the guy in front of Pujols any differently than they did when he wasn't batting in front of pools but i bet if you looked at the guys after him when he's on base they did pitch him differently that theory you just presented do you think dusty baker thought that out or do you think he just switched them in the order i don't know it's a good question i think he thought it out right i mean they didn't have anybody else protecting bonds and everybody knew that that you needed protection we're gonna do benito santiago there right (laughs) um a good stat i think that kind of goes along with what you said about there not being uh, kind of any like walks declining before Bonds is the one that from 2000 to 2004, Bonds had more intentional walks than McGuire and Sosa did in their entire careers combined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, I mean, we think of McGuire and Sosa as these, the, the kind of the first wave of the crazy power guys, I guess, or the, kind of maybe the peak of it. And yeah, and the, they didn't really walk that much. Good fact. All right. So, Jordan has a whole list of 25 favorites that he wrote for the occasion of Barry Bonds' 50th birthday. I will link to that. Maybe he'll pull some from that. But we have new exclusive Barry Bonds facts. New research has come to light about Barry Bonds' career that we will be presenting here. So I don't know how to do this. I guess I'll just go from one of you to the next and you can share your favorite Barry Bonds fact and we'll move on. So Jake just did one. So Jordan, you want to go? This is like a rap battle. We need like <laughs> it is, uh, sort of yes. We need the people that stood in the background of Yo Mama on MTV Two. <laughs> oh, that was that, a great show. That they filmed that in some like warehouse on. It was the strangest thing. Um, they all couldn't right. do it in like a public park. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very very strange. Um, I, I will say so. Obviously, so many of these these facts that I've come up with. I guess not as many on my list just because I I kept getting carried away, but. Is, is prefaced with from 2001 to 2004. Mm-hmm. I guess my question, I, I, I don't want to keep, I, I, I would love to just start rattling these off. I always struggle to decide which, which season is the most amazing season um, from 2001 to 2004 because his best OPS plus was in 2002. In 2001, he had 73 home runs in one season. He had 73 runs in one season. And then the uh, 120 intentional walks in 2004. So his mediocre... 1200 OPS in 2003 gets kind of lost in the shuffle. I think I like that uh, from 2001 to 2004, his OPS uh, after after uh, an 0 2 count yeah. or, or after a 1 2 count was or after an 0 2 count from 2001 to 2004 was 970. <laughs> I, I just closed like seven tabs because the <laughs> O2, the after an 0 2 count is is probably my favorite non intentional walk genre. Yeah, so after, so 2001 to 2004, 970 OPS after 02. Second in that time span was Luis Gonzalez at 790. And I mean, obviously, you just look at 970. I mean, and that's that's a pretty healthy sample size, too, um, but still an obscene on base percentage for, for 02. And for his whole career, uh, he had 
an 889 OPS after 01, which is the same as Willie McCovey for his career. So, yeah, I, it's it's weird. I mean, that's, that's you think, oh, well, obviously they were scared of him, so they walked him all the time. But it was more than that. It was a ridiculous approach. Mike Trout shows up really high on those if you look at them, too, because I always we always picture and I, I think you guys talk about like he takes a lot of first pitch strikes and, and I know he's adjusted and now sometimes attacks first pitches, but he just takes a one with no hesitation and it's still Mike Trout. Uh, but the Barry Bonds approach beyond just everyone being terrified of him was obviously something uh, pretty special. I like that he had 373 at bats in 2004. <laughs> it's like a better way yeah. of it's a better way of looking at it than the walks almost because you look yeah. at that and it's like oh he must have missed half a season or something no nope. right I that's why you gotta <laughs> he you just gotta remember to do minimum plate appearances <laughs> and just, not minimum at yeah, right he just walked for half a season can I give one little twist on the O two one just before sure. I close these ups so if you limit it to two thousand two to two thousand four his OPS after O two would have been the third best OPS in baseball like. Todd Helton was had a 1,061 OPS overall. Pujols 1,044, and then Bonds was 1,042. So spot him two strikes, and he was the third best hitter in baseball. <laughs> All right, I guess that counts as your fact. No, no, it doesn't count as your fact. Okay, what's your fact? It's is it my turn? Well, yeah. Okay, go ahead. All right, I will go with this is this is two. These are both. Uh, I'm lumping them into one genre, which is the Adrian Beltre genre. Uh, and so from 2001 to 2004, Barry Bonds' worst OPS in any 20-game stretch was Adrian Beltre's career OPS. <laughs> so he was never in 20 games worse than Adrian Beltre. Hmm. All right. So the second Adrian Beltre genre is that his win probability added on intentional walks is higher than Adrian Beltre's career win probability added. <laughs> and that's, oh, man. And that's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. <laughs> Barry Bonds intentionally walking is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, that's great. I had an extremely similar one uh, to the first one you mentioned, which I guess I'm not sure how you did the 20-game stretch, um, but I, did, I just did the, his worst month. Mm. Um, and his worst month was May of 04 when he hit 250, 532, 542. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. the, yeah, the lines because I tweeted that at one point and, and multiple people were just like, how does one hit below 260 and have an OBP over 500? <laughs> yeah. It is, uh, yes, it is uh, very, very hard to, hard to understand. So, yeah, that, yeah, I had a very similar one. That, that, is, that is pretty crazy. <laughs> All right, Jake, you want to go? Uh, yeah, I'm deciding between two different ones, but I'll I'll go with the the club one, uh, which is the one where he's the only member of the 400 400 club and the only member of the 500 500 club. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that one fourth of the 300 300 club are bonds. <laughs> so there are eight people in the 300 300 club. One of them is Barry, and one of them is Bobby. Mm. Mm. Um, that's a, actually a, a pretty crazy list. Uh, can we, wait, 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 can we guess? Can we guess? There's six other guys. Uh, there are six other guys. Okay. So I'm going to guess one. You want me to tell me if any are active or no? No, no let me, let me, let me, let me, let me go real right. quick. Uh, all right. So bonds, bonds, uh, Mays, Dawson, yes. Alfonso Soriano. No. Uh, A-Rod. Yes. I'm out. Ben. Hmm. No, I don't know. Uh, Carlos Beltran. Uh-huh. Oh, right. The best the best one is Steve I, Finley. I, Steve I well, Finley. Steve Finley. And then the one that I remember the first time I looked this up is is I would take a long time for either of you to get. Reggie Sanders. I wow. almost guessed I almost guessed Reggie Sanders just then, but yeah. uh, I would never have gotten Steve Finley. That that one's nuts. That doesn't that, make any sense. The that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sanders is also barely over by five home runs yeah, and five. And- Finley is over by four home runs and wow. twenty steals. Huh. That's that's a great club. That's a great club. Also, that he was at Bonds was at four hundred four hundred by nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, that's another genre that we'll get into. But the right, like he I, still has a mustache in the video of him getting the four hundred four hundred. I that's that's a great way to put it. <laughs> that's a that is that's another genre which is the 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 bonds was amazing even before two thousand one genre. Mm-hmm. And my favorite of that genre, if I can, is uh, 
is here. Here we go. By the time Barry Bonds played in his second All-Star game, he had already passed Jim Rice's career war. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jim Rice. He had – no, he was more than – he basically matched Jim Rice just with the Pirates. Yeah, just with the yeah, Pirates. exactly. And what people don't really remember is that to, to some degree, Bonds was was actually pretty underrated. There's, that's a, there's a little bit of a Harper comparison here where Bonds was – just killing it. He was older than than Harper because he went to college, but like he was great for three years. His wars were six, six, and eight, and he didn't make an All Star team because it was all defense and base running. Like a huge part of it was defense and base running. So those three years, six, six, and eight, and no All Star game and not a single MVP vote. And then finally, 1990, he got the home runs and the RBIs, and all of a sudden, from no MVP votes to winning the MVP award, and you can sort of see why he would take from that lesson. Hey, I should hit more home runs and do a bunch of steroids because uh, that's what got him recognized. So anyway, yeah, he didn't make his second all-star team until his age 27 season. He finished second in MVP voting in his age 26 season and didn't make the all-star team that year either. So anyway, but he passed Rice by, by yeah, by age 27, which was his Pittsburgh career. It's always helpful to have those Hall of Famers who aren't actually very good so that, so that you can use <laughs> yeah, them as, that's a, true. as a comparison. I mean, he pa- yeah, like Mike Trout passed Bruce Souter in, like, like by last year. So, yeah, there, it, it does that doesn't, help to that, that doesn't really <laughs> that doesn't count, count, though. No, I know. Jim Rice. Jim Rice, he'll probably pass soon, yeah, which would and, count. And Rice was really good. I mean, Rice has a low war, but he was really good. But the point is just that, like, there are you can do a whole career's worth of fun facts. They're not as fun, but you can do a whole. He was better before 2001 and 2004 than pretty much anybody we've ever seen, except maybe Pujols and maybe arguably Trout. Yeah, and that's I tweeted. I don't know if I think I tweeted this because it's not really based on anything totally. And maybe Ricky, one, maybe Ricky. Oh, and maybe A Rod. Those four. All right, sorry. Go ahead. And and one one stat, but like. On the topic of the Hall of Fame, like we have this insanely loaded Hall of Fame ballot when we're we're starting to get guys in, but like him before two thousand was better than pretty much everybody on the ballot, as you basically just said. Mm-hmm. But so it's it's uh, he was at a hundred a hundred WAR before two thousand, so mm-hmm. and he just had to tack on another fifty. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, really selfish, and terrible. He really um, he just hogged all the wars. He did. He did. Yeah. And he's and he's still behind Babe because Babe pitched for whatever twenty wins or whatever. Yeah. Stupid. All right. You want to go? Uh, sure. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, the I've I've really appreciated the ones against him against left-handed pitching. Mm-hmm. So he of the fifty best career OPSs uh, versus left-handed pitchers, minimum of a thousand plate appearances. Um, he is the only left-handed hitter. And he's 14th. Mm. Um, so he had uh, 986 uh, OPS against. Who's 15? Who was who's, 15? Who's 15? Yeah. Do you know? Is that in front uh, of you? Oh, I don't have it up right now. Oh, right now. Okay. All right. Um, but I do. But it, but that's better than A Rod has been against lefties in his career. I guess A Rod hasn't really shown much of a noticeable. Hey Jordan. Position. Jordan, yeah. what's his ERA against lefties? <laughs> yeah. Probably significantly higher, uh, but but we don't know, I suppose. Um, and then the second on that list, I think I lowered it to career OPS as a lefty against, as a left-handed hitter, so like 500 or something, and Votto is second at 9.05. So mm-hmm. solid 80 points of ops there. But yeah, it's just ridiculous that he was so far ahead of basically any other right-handed hitter. He was better than, I know, Edgar Martinez. He's better than Edgar against lefties. Um, and then his numbers against Randy Johnson are also particularly amusing. I need to find that game where Randy Johnson intentionally walked in with a runner on first and second. Yeah. Do you have uh, the Do you have the Randy Johnson numbers up? Yes. I like yes, those. Yes. Give Give us those. The Randy Johnson numbers. He hit 306, 452, 551. Um, <laughs> yep. So 62, 62 plate appearances. Yeah. 62 plate appearances. Lefties uh, over the course of Randy Johnson's career hit 199, 278, 294. So basically doubled the OPS. More than that, almost tripled it. Randy Johnson was so tough against lefties that I once argued that he is the reason, the sole reason that Larry Walker is not in the Hall of Fame. And, And Bonds was essentially better against Randy Johnson than Mike Trout is. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a thing. And I've heard Trout's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sam skipped the line, so I don't know whether to skip Sam and go back to Jake or just do two Sams. Do you want to go, Sam? I can go anytime, and I can wait anytime. All right, Jake. I'm like I'm like Barry Bonds. <laughs> Just like Barry Bonds, Sam. Uh, all right, so let me. So another one that we haven't, that we've kind of gotten into here is Bonds versus particular pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will choose the Guillermo Moda one. Mm. Uh, how he is one for one with eight walks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a five thousand ops, and eight, five of those eight walks are intentional. Pretty crazy. And Bonds is the same slash line against Chad Bradford in, I think, six at-bats, a homer and five walks, which is crazy. Uh, and part of the reason I, I strayed into this particular one is so that Jordan can tell the Jeremy Gonzalez one. Oh, yes. If Sam can if Sam can continue his Bonds-esque patience. <laughs> yeah, sure. Please. I, I always want to hear the Jeremy Gonzalez story. The Jeremy Gonzalez one is, uh, you know, be, be respectful when talking about this, but when I figured it out, it was... One of the more mind-boggling things I've, I've ever seen. Uh, so basically, the most time, I mean, the fact by itself is amazing. The most times uh, a pitcher faced Barry Bonds without allowing him to reach base with a hit or a walk was six. So no one faced him more than six times um, and got him to not reach base. And the guy that did it was uh, Jeremy Gonzalez, who was just like a meh pitcher for a couple seasons, 572 career innings. And um, two years after his final year in the big leagues, uh, Jeremy Gonzalez was struck by lightning and died. So, <laughs> no, wait, hang on. Can you say that again with me and Ben not laughing? <laughs> let's let's try that again. <laughs> I I muted my mic because I knew what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And when I when I, I when I tried to tweet this, I had to be um, I had to type it. And said that I think I ended up saying that he died in all caps. Which is, <laughs> which is yeah, I'll good. find it. I'm gonna find it. Which is not good. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's what happens. You know, if you mess with the greatest hitter ever, um, you are uh, you are not in good shape. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. Because I was like, because I, when I looked it up, I was I was just I remember when I found that I was like Jeremy Gonzalez. I'd never heard of him, and I I just gave him a good Google. And that was the first result before his baseball reference page. And I said, wow, that's what you get. That's like basically the plot of Final Destination 6 is like <laughs> you avoid the worst fate against Barry Bonds and then you get struck by lightning several years later. Yeah, you, yeah. Can't, you can't have it both ways. No. Jordan, you did tweet it in all caps. Just want to let you know. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not sure I laughed. I typed it solemnly, Sam and Ben. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just like... It's almost a caricature of the Bond stat as a whole. Yeah. That's right. Right. It's, uh, it's really, really something. So, yes. Well, I'm going to... Is it my turn, Ben? Yes. Okay. I'm going to... Pro- I think I'm going to try to close out the uh, the against pitchers category. And this... Pro- the Moto one was my favorite for a long time. Then this took over for a while. I think this might be my favorite. I'll, I'll, I'll have many more, but this might be my favorite. Uh, not the first one I say, but the second one I'm going to say. So I once used the uh, log five method to figure out what Barry Bonds would have hit against Pedro Martinez. If you took uh, Barry Bonds' performance in 2002, which was like Jordan or Jake noted his highest OPS plus against Pedro Martinez in 2000, which was essentially the greatest season a pitcher's ever had. So if you put the greatest hitting season ever against the greatest pitching season ever, and you use the log five method to essentially simulate each of their bats based on their true talent level, who would win? What would happen? And uh, it turns out that Barry Bonds against the greatest pitcher ever in his greatest season ever would have hit 274, 418, 584. So a 1002 slash uh, OPS. And so then I thought that cannot be like I just that. So that's not my favorite one. But I thought that cannot absolutely cannot be. So I just to sort of test the validity of this. I looked at from 2001 to 2004. Bonds had 138 plate appearances against pitchers in the same season 
that those pitchers won Cy Young or got Cy Young votes. So not like Barry Zito five years after he won, but the same year they got Cy Young votes. And remember, this was a, a era where there were only three men on the ballot. So like five or six guys would get Cy Young votes at most in a league. And against in those 138 plate appearances, Bonds hit 327, 522, 786 <laughs> for a 1308 OPS. It's yeah, it's very hard to get results to end up under a thousand. Like yeah. everything you run, it just keeps ending up with four digits. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're right. So that's that is my favorite against pitchers fun fact. Right. I guess that brings it back to Jake. Maybe this is straying back into the intentional walk one, but the I think it's an even more specific intentional walk one, the, the category of Barry Bonds having more intentional walks than entire franchises uh-huh. for particular periods. So he still has more than the Rays, which is ludicrous. Um, he's still, and then they're, they're the ones where I'm trying to find it now. Oh, here we go. From 2001 to 2004, he had more intentional walks than every other team in the league. So if you were to rank the teams, he'd be number one. Um, more than he was twenty-four more than the second than the team, the Cardinals were number two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from I think ninety-three to two thousand four, he had more intentional walks than uh, fourteen teams did. <laughs> Most of who, all of which are AL teams, but still uh, pretty pretty amazing, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. All right. I like the one that he struck out 102 times in his rookie year and then never struck out 100 times again. Um, I didn't even realize. That's I had no idea that he didn't strike out that much. Yeah, and there's a lot of ones. I there's I don't have any specific ones right now or about him never grounding into double plays either. I know he has significantly fewer career grounded into double plays than Billy Butler, and Billy Butler's like 28. But yeah, just never struck out 100 times in a season after his rookie year. Uh, his rookie year where it, was, it wasn't even a full season. Just kept him down. I mean, yeah, because he, he had more intentional walks than strikeouts from 2001 to 2004. Let me pull up one more. I think I had another 2001 to 2004 one. Oh, oh well, just 2004. Uh, that about half of his plate appearances resulted in an extra base hit or a walk, which is, <laughs> which is like, I, I I always just think about it as as because again as as people have pointed out to us like oh you guys were like three years old when this was happening, but I I think about watching it and I just being in the mindset of watching him two thousand four and thinking all right so like fifty fifty chance he's well, first of all, sixty percent chance of getting on base. Well, well, then there's the one that he reached base ninety six percent of the games he played from 0-1 to 0-4. Oh one oh four. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot of the games. My two favorites in that genre, by the way, are that from two thousand one to two thousand four, his longest streak of starts without reaching base was two, and he only did it twice <laughs> in four years, and then that he had he once had a stretch of. 20 games in a row in which he reached at least twice, and that's uh, actually five games longer than his career-long hitting streak. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it's hard to have a hitting streak when you don't get to hit. Exactly. Right. Uh, I think yeah. I jumped the line, so you can... No, ex- no, no. Yeah, well, we can just go to Jake, I guess. Jake, go ahead. Uh, so this next one is probably the most work I've ever done uh, <laughs> on a Bond stat. Uh, I, did it on a, I did it on a plane last year. Kind of specific. Jordan and I are both Jewish, uh, like many baseball fans. Um, and I determined that Barry Bonds in his career had a, a <laughs> 1,441 ops on Yom Kippur. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I went through and basically figured out, like, because the Hebrew calendar and, like, the Gregorian calendar are different. So it's a different day every year. So I figured out like what day it was, and then I looked at his stats for those days throughout his career. And it's like, it's not that small of a sample size. It's like 50, maybe, 60, 40, 50 at-bats, which is obviously small. But yeah, 1,400 uh, ops on Yom Kippur. He was always keeping, yeah. Come on, Jake, you got to regress those numbers to his career numbers. It would really only be like 1,402. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, it would really be something if it was in the 1,700 range. Uh, but uh, that's, that's Jordan, not it, bad. It, it would have been perfect if he was exactly 1,800. He had a, a high ops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
fantastic. It's a shame. <laughs> I'm sure he was shooting for that. Too bad. <laughs> Jordan. So I like the uh, the buried bonds uh, uh, stolen base uh, numbers. Mm. Um, obviously, the, the, there were a lot of them. But even that late in his career, oh yeah, this he is was one of my favorites. Oh when yeah, was, when he was enormous, stole bases basically without getting caught. So from 2001 to the end of his career, he stole 43 bases and was caught six times and was only caught once from 2003 on. Um, and then I, I like that I found that the one time he was caught was after Guillermo Moda uh, intentionally walked him with the bases empty. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, he, he uh, from 2003 to 2007, uh, 21 steals and was not caught once. I guess like we see it today sometimes like Pujols will just swipe a bag because no one expects him to go. But it still is is pretty pretty awesome that he was every once in a while just like because he was so freaking enormous at that point, like <laughs> and obviously not moving very well and left. Uh, but he was still 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 swiping a few bags every once in a while without getting caught. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe that's what maybe Moda knew. Maybe uh, maybe Moda knew he had Leduca behind the plate. Maybe he knew that that was that was his best chance to get him out was just to. Let him steal after intentionally walking him. Base is empty, of course. Sam. So this is uh, that that kind of gets to uh, another great genre uh, of buried bonds fun facts. Although th- more specifically, it's the the last season Barry bonds fun facts because of course he was not offered a contract after his last season, and so th- this goes two ways. One is holy cow, this guy was insanely old and still really good, and holy cow, this guy was insanely good. And still so unpopular that nobody would give him a contract. And so uh, the last season Barry Bonds fun facts go in all sorts of great directions. But my favorite is uh, that Lance Berkman, Ryan Braun, Vlad Guerrero, and Chris Davis never had an OPS plus higher than his final season. Well, he led he led the league in on base percentage, right? Yeah, yeah, it was like, like the 470, majors, yeah, 480, 480, yeah. And nobody and nobody would nobody would sign him. He was better than those guys' best season, and nobody would do it because he was awful. One of the one of the yeah, this would be a, a time where it's probably fair for the guy who always replies to my Barry Bonds <laughs> fun facts with "You know why, right?" <laughs> yeah, I do know that he did. He did the drugs. Got it. Wait, what? <laughs> oh wait! Oh crap! Jake, I don't. Uh, this, I don't stand by anything we've said on this podcast anymore. This is this is something Jordan and I talk about, and we ask Grant Brisby about once. Like, like people always say, "How do you? How can I explain this to the kids?" Right? It's always about the kids. But uh, Jordan and I work at a summer camp, a baseball summer camp, where we I coach the eight year olds, and he coaches the seven year olds, uh, and we want to praise Barry Bonds for them, and then they they boo us. <laughs> <laughs> the kids like, boo us. Like, Bro, you're born in two thousand eight. <laughs> come right. on i know we're young but seriously it's weird you wonder it's, it's like how are you already think who told you to boo him yeah like, they, they learned they in the cradle booing, they should be booing john rocker like you know that should be the number one priority of a of a baseball fan parent <laughs> hey. yeah i it's it's very strange I, that was dumbfounding when they were doing them it's like literally born after he played and <laughs> I, when when would he have come up for the parents to tell them that he was bad? Like that's what's so confusing. It's just the first lesson you learn, I guess. I, I don't guess. know. In some households. How many more are we doing? Uh, I have one more category. Yeah, let's which just just whatever yet. you feel like you need to get into this podcast. You can uh, you can just say now. Uh, the 2002 playoff category, mm-hmm. um, which is is crazy. One that kind of comes to mind here is. Bonds had more walks in the 2002 playoffs than the entire 2014 playoffs. Wow. Uh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Say that one again. Bonds had more (laughs) intentional walks in the 2002 playoffs. Oh, wait a second. This was tweeted on October 8th. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. This is a new genre of Barry Bonds fun fact. The the kind that is not true. It is. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if the. I, there are probably good fun facts, but it is worth appreciating just how how he was. He was thirty what thirty eight years old and generally thirty seven and had been in the league for sixteen years and was considered to be a postseason choker. Like that was a fact about Barry Bonds that everybody knew he could not 
hit in the postseason. And he ended his career with a 936 postseason OPS. He so, actually was 38 by that point. That was his age 37 season, but he had turned 38. So it does give you hope that you can, you know, remake yourself. Like, no matter how long you think people have hated you, tomorrow they might not. Although they do still hate him. Especially the six-year-olds in their summer yes. camp. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you need to get off your chest before final Jordan and Sam fun facts? Well, these aren't fun facts per se, mm-hmm. um, but they are moments. And the one, I guess it is a fact, uh, you should go look up the video of Barry Bonds versus Eric Gagne. Oh, yeah. That's probably the best thing on the it's, internet. It's Either probably that, my, yeah. Either it might that be or the, my LT, favorite. the LT slide. Those are the top two things on the internet. And it's, it's incredible, right? Because it's these two guys, both aided medically, which we can, you know, admit, but at the peak of their performance, going toe-to-toe, and Bonds pulls 101-mile-an-hour fastball, foul, <laughs> into, the, into the cove, uh, and then hits the next ball out to center. And it's, it's incredible. That and the Yankees, the, the home run in Yankee Stadium yeah. are the two best Bonds videos. Oh, and the, sorry, and the, uh, and the one against the Angels in the World Series where Troy Glass, uh, you can see him mouth, I've never seen a baseball go that far. It's the furthest ball I've ever seen. My, uh, the, I was at that game, and that was the only World Series game that I had ever been to at that point in my life. And we were sitting way out in right field, and we said before the game, like we were joking throughout the game about how dumb it was I brought my glove. And like we were like, oh, here comes the ball, right? And we were so far behind. And that ball came on a exact line to us and landed about six rows in front of me. Okay, so this is interesting. Jordan and I have watched that video many times. Well, you don't see the ball land in the video. So how far up was it? Because you cannot tell from the from the video. Let me see. I'm gonna I'm looking at a picture of our seats. And so I have a picture here that's taken of us. And we're probably 12 to 14 rows uh, in the second tier of outfield stands. Uh, So there's probably 20-ish rows before that and a little bit of an aisle. Got it. Yeah. So I can can probably – I could probably get you an exact answer. Like I could probably get a seating chart out and figure out exactly where I am and answer for you someday. But I can't live. Okay. Yeah, that's ridiculous because pretty much every home run hit to right – field at angel stadium is barely over the wall mm-hmm. yeah, at least it, yeah it out there like yeah that. out once the wall gets yeah like the yeah. corner that little corner tuck is oh, easy yeah. to poke one but once you go out at that angle yeah it's a deep it's a deep wall and i don't know if it was a high wall or not but it's also a high wall all right jordan any last words oh man i feel like i've, I've really used a lot of them I, uh just a couple more uh oh one to oh four he accounted for 1.2 percent of all the walks from 2001 to 2004, uh-huh. and 5.1% of the intentional walks in all of baseball, which is mm-hmm. uh, pretty cool. I think it's insane that so he 49.1% of his hits in his career were extra base hits, which when I first looked that up was like, that seems insane, but maybe there's someone with a higher percentage. McGuire does have a higher percentage, but it's way more than A-Rod or Griffey or Mays and even, even Ruth, because he was really, because he also hit triples at one point. Uh, and and a whole lot, a whole bunch of doubles too. So, yeah, I, I I'm I think I'm out. I think I'm out. The Jeremy Gonzalez one is is, is my favorite. So, mm-hmm. uh, I did I did a one to, the last one that I'll say. <laughs> Your favorite is so, so yeah. tragic, so dark. Jordan, you are <laughs> sorry, sick and morbid. I'm sorry, all due respect to the, uh, the Gonzalez family. Huh. Uh, I did tweet this at some point, which I I'm looking at it and I, I don't understand if, if it's if it's right but i'm just gonna say it because i think i fact checked it at some point if uh if john carlos stanton hit 45 home runs in every season of his 13-year deal he'd still be 23 home runs behind bonds mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. just very simple math there yeah <laughs> yeah but uh it doesn't look like he's going to be doing that so it's addition i believe yeah, yeah. there you go there, there's 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 some of my favorites and now i'm going to go Read up on this July 9th game where Randy Johnson walked in with runners on first. <laughs> All right, Sam. Yeah, really? my uh, yeah my quick uh, my quick hits. Uh, Barry Bonds' 13th best season was as good as Bobby Bonds' best, and Bobby Bonds was a borderline Hall of Fame candidate. Mm-hmm. Barry, this one's weird. This one's just weird. Barry Bonds' OPS in the first half of 2004 was 1421. His OPS in the second half of 2004 was 1421. 
Hmm. I don't, I don't, whatever, but I like that. I like the consistency. I also like that somehow his OPS for the season was 1422. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think that reference uh, rounds, I don't think reference sums the OPS things. Uh, I think it sums, do you know what I'm talking about? Like your OBP is like 480.3 and your slugging is like 484.4 and it doesn't add the 0.3 and the 0.4 in the splits, but it doesn't, never mind. Go ahead. All right. (laughs) Uh, and then uh, in 2001, he slugged 1556 when he pulled the ball. Slugged, slugged 1556 when he pulled the ball. And last, last one, last one uh, against ground ball pitchers in 2001, he hit a home run every six at bats. Oh, I forgot you could do that split. Damn. That's a good one. That's some good play indexing. You've been doing this for a while, Sam. <laughs> All right. Well, this was fun. Thank you for sharing your research. And everyone can find Jordan and Jake on Twitter. They're the best on Twitter. So find them at CespedusBBQ. You can find their website, CespedusFamilyBarbecue.com. And the Barbacast is their podcast. So thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for having us. This is I usually fall asleep listening to this, um, <laughs> which you should take as a compliment uh-huh. uh, and as an insult. Uh, so it, it, it will be weird to hear myself <laughs> as I fall asleep. Yeah. And uh, we should just plug that, that Sam is actually on this week's, uh, or the latest Barbacast. When does uh, that go up? It's very it's going to be very confusing when I tell you, <laughs> considering the timing of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but is, I can is it up that. now? Shall we say it's up no. now? It's, it's not, already yes. up. It, it, is, it is up. It is up now. Okay. Yes. Cool. All right. Pre-recorded call-in talk show. <laughs> right. Yes. Thank you guys so much. This was fun. All right. So you can send us your hate mail about Barry Bonds at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. Join our Facebook group if you have any Barry Bonds fun facts of your own that you'd like to share with the listeners at facebook.com slash groups slash effectively wild. And rate and review and subscribe to the show on iTunes. As we said at the top, much of this episode was brought to you by our sponsor, the BaseballReference.com Play Index. Use the coupon code BP and get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Jordan, I just got a text from someone I don't know saying they found my wallet, which I thought was in my pocket. So, <laughs> Well, lucky you. Lucky you. That's good. Where did you almost lose your wallet when I was with you in London? On the train, oh, on the way back from the game. That was that was a close call. Oh, God damn it! Do you need to go get? The, do you need your wallet for recording purposes? Uh, no, but I would like <laughs> Jake, to have Jake it. Jake keeps all of his bonds facts in his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> he can whip them out at any time, <laughs> sir. I'm gonna need to see some bonds facts and registration. <laughs>